Hi, my name is Monica Gleberman. I'm Victoria Dupuy. And you're listening to Silence Onset Podcast. In today's episode, we are talking to the infamous comedian Scott Thompson and director Nick Scown, who created the documentary Too Soon, Comedy After 9-11. This documentary tells the story of how not only comedy, but how the world has changed since that horrible day. It's 110% worth your watch, and you can check it out now via Vice. Enjoy the interview. I guess we'll just get started. Your film was, I felt like was done in such a great way where you kind of show what happened, but it really talks about the comedy of it all and how comedians kind of survived in that time. So for both of you, I guess I have like similar questions. Nick, I wanted to know for you, like, why was it so important to kind of bring this film to Toronto and to really show the importance of more than just like the regular typical footage you see for 9-11? And then Scott, you, you know, participating, why was it important to let people know that it, it wasn't too soon and to bring the funny back? So yeah, I, I kind of to your point, there's, there's a lot of great documentaries and films and specials about um, what happened that day and the attacks and the first responders and the heroes of that day and the tragedies of that day. And myself and my partner, Julie, we we appreciate that, but we also felt we wanted to make a film um, that was from a different perspective. And we always feel like comics are a great voice for their audience. So what their experience of that day was mirrored a lot of people's personal experience of that day and how they were struggling with it was how a lot of other people were struggling with it. So we felt it was um, something different and unique and um, hopefully not uh, triggering or anything like that. We really wanted to explore how um, we as human beings kind of need comedy to help us process the tragedies that happen during our day. And so um, that was kind of our guiding principle. So it was great to talk to people like Scott, who um, has has dealt with uh, a lot of obstacles in his life and has found a way to always, or he, I don't know, it, it's just really interesting for us that he, he takes these experiences and his way to process it is, where's the comedy? Where's the humor here? And that that was kind of why we really wanted to talk to Scott about it. That's nice. Thank you. That was very nice. Well, I always believe that comedy is everywhere. Yeah, I mean, I'm not one of those people that thinks certain things should not be, uh, certain things are beyond comedy. I, I absolutely um, disagree with that. Uh, comedy is for everything. There's no such thing as a tragedy that's beyond the reach of comedy. I think even people that aren't funny appreciate when a funny person goes in dives in and says, I'm going to go into that. I'm going to dive into that lava and I'm going to come out with a joke. I think that's a beautiful thing to do. And it doesn't mean, I think a lot of people maybe today, which is a very sensitive time, might see that as sort of like shitting on people's pain. But I disagree with that. I think it's actually making your pain more manageable. Well, I think you guys did a really great job because it is a touchy subject. And, you know, sometimes I'll watch one and I get like, emotional I'm like it's been so long and I still kind of get affected by it yours uh, like your film in particular was so good because it handled it so beautifully 
and then told it through all these comedians and it was funny and it was truthful and it was honest. And um, I just want to thank you because I thought it was probably one of the best I've ever seen in terms of covering 9-11 and people's personal experiences. Well, I want to thank Nick for that. I just, I did nothing. All they did was talk to me. Well, yeah, and uh, but I mean, I think what, uh, if the film works, it's because of people like Scott who were willing to talk about, when you pitch someone like, oh, do you want to talk about 9-11 and comedy? That a lot of people are like, I don't know if that's the subject I want to deal, as Scott said, in this kind of sensitive time. So we appreciated that everyone was truthful and honest, and they would talk about uh, their responses to it and uh, but their anger or their sadness or their grief and then how they would take those feelings and turn it into their their work and into their art and their craft of comedy so uh, for us that we we can only take the credit of that that like people like scott shared their stories with us uh and were open and honest with us because it's uh something that a lot of people said no to and it was totally understandable of like okay Ooh, I understand. who said no i want a <laughs> list of those people i won't name names but there is like a talk show host who is like i appreciate what you're doing that was the worst time in my life i would rather not experience it again or talk about it and we totally understood that so we appreciated uh when folks like scott who who would sit down and talk about things that like scott's story uh in particular like he dealt with a lot uh, and multiple levels at that time. And so he appreciated him taking the time to talk to us. So Scott, for you, there's a point in the documentary where you say you felt like your career never fully recovered. Uh -huh. So I was just wondering, when you think back to before September 11th, 2001, do you wish the show you came up with that landed you the six-week stay in New York? Do you wish it was different material? Do you ever have any regrets about that? That's a very good question. I, I used to have a lot of regrets about that because I thought, why can't I just do a comedy show about my cats? Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> about my breakfast food choices? I just can't. Why can't I just tell a joke and fall down? Boom. That never worked for me. But later you know as time went on i i look at it back i look back on it now and i go yeah my career did take a huge hit and i'm not sure it ever did recover um maybe it never really will who knows but i'm glad i did what i did because i i'm not really capable of doing that kind of stuff i only can really i listen to my muse and it tells me what to do and i don't really have a choice so um yeah it would have been nice and also i look at it and i go wow it's amazing that i was writing about all those things that no one was talking about um and that's that's good for the ego but it's not really good for the bank account it's like it's never good to be first mm -hmm. it's good to be first it's good to be third <laughs> let Separate. the first person take all of that they get all the money and the fame and the glory and all the rest of it. In human history, if you look at anything, anybody that goes into something first or invents something first or or, or goes into a, let's say a comedian to go, takes on a topic first, they're rarely acknowledged. Um, it's like the Wright brothers. They really weren't even the first people to fly. It's, used, it's the third. And uh, so I would say, uh, <laughs> first, it's good for your ego and your soul and all that. Second's the worst of all. Third's the best. That's the sweet spot. Because then everyone thinks you're first. And then by the time they realize it, you're dead. And um, you've spent all the money. 
But no, so no, I don't have regrets. I mean, I'm, I, 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 I can't. No, I don't have regrets. Um, I, of course, I wish 9-11 didn't happen. I can't imagine what the world would be like today. But no. Scott, do you really think, though, that your career suffered? Like, at the time, understandable. But, like, now, 20 years later, I mean, I've seen your comedy and, like, various things that you've done. Do you, like, mm -hmm. do you really think it affected you that much yeah in the long term really well i think there was a lot of things that affected you know it's about me but you know i was an openly gay guy many years ago and that that's what really affected me because the world wasn't ready for that sort of thing they are now but luck i'm not young anymore so that's the drag yeah i think it, it turned me into i i think i i at that point in my career i was ready to go to the next level and it might have taken me to the next level but who knows I look at it now and I go, it might have been a complete disaster. It might, you know, it might have gotten horrifying reviews and it might have even killed my career rather than just stalled it. So maybe I, maybe I'm lucky in a way, because I look at the material that I was doing and I went, holy shit, like my poster with the cum on my face, holy cow. I do think that, but you know, that's okay now because it's, it's, um, I'm, I consider myself an artist, so that's the artist's life. So I have another question, um, both for uh, Nick and Scott, for both of you guys. This might be a hard question, but is it's kind of like the epitome of the movie, right? So was it too soon or is it too soon? So how soon is it to talk about a tragedy or something like 9-11? Al Jean, who's the Simpsons showrunner, I think does it pretty good, which is like, if it gets a laugh, it's not too soon. If it doesn't, if it doesn't get a laugh, then it is. And that that is the line that I think, and Cedric the Entertainer says, like, you don't, you don't know until you say it what the response is going to be. And that's the tightrope that comedians walk is. I think we need to talk about this issue, whatever the topic. I'm going to discuss it on stage, and the audience is going to tell me if I'm right or wrong, and you're not going to know until they laugh. And and so that's what I think is is kind of the beauty of that of the art form is. They don't know. They don't know the audience response. And if a topic is worth, discuss worth discussing or not until it comes out of their mouth on stage. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. It, comedy is like, it's almost a science. If you get a laugh, then it's, there's something there. You can't really deny it. Um, if people laugh, then they're ready. And if they're not, they're not. And um, it's like water will boil at a certain temperature and there's nothing you can do to change that. And that's what I think comedy is. You can't change it. These laws are immutable, I believe. I think they're I think they're in our DNA, to be honest. And it can't be changed. But like, you know, like and I even if a person went on stage, like in the Gilbert Gottfried story when he talks about, you know, <laughs> what is that getting off of the forty fourth floor or whatever that joke is, I can't remember the exact wording of it. But it's the famous one where you know, flying into the into the building. And he might have bombed that that night in front of the audience, but I bet his comedian friends told him backstage, that's amazing. And he might have done it for, been doing it for them as well. Sometimes you're doing it for the people backstage. I was actually going to mention that because he kind of seemed like the first one that was like, ah, screw it. Like, no holds bar, I don't care at the roast. And he just like did it. <laughs> and after doing it, like, although there were like some comments in, you know, where you hear like, oh, like in, in the audience, he did it. He didn't apologize for it. No, he and he's still just doing his thing, right? Like it didn't really affect him. 
So it's like, it's so interesting, but him taking that dive, I think inspired others to start kind of opening up. Yeah. And he might've hurt his career maybe in the short term, but he gained lifelong love and admiration from comedians. You know, like I have this friend, this comic here who does say things that, my God, I wouldn't even do it. And there, like a few years ago, there was a, a terrible murder in Toronto where a guy drove a van along a sidewalk. He killed 10 people on Young Street, the main street. It's about four years ago. You might have heard of it. Terrible, terrible event. <laughs> so he drove like blocks on a sidewalk down the main street of the city. It was a terrible thing. But he went on that night and he said to me, are you telling me? that someone drove a van on the sidewalk all the way down Young Street, and you're telling me there's not room for a bike lane? It's like <laughs> the day of. And, you know, people booed him off stage, but every comedian said, I love that guy. Oh, I was going to say, and for Gilbert too, like that also kind of, or, or even Scott's friend, that becomes kind of a guidepost for other comics, like which we try and show in the film is, they see what Gilbert does and like, okay, I can't talk about the attacks themselves, but I can talk about the terrorists. They find what the other avenues are that they can, make, or our response to the attack, like the color coding system. I can make fun of these things, Ooh. but, oh, but Gilbert, Gilbert tried the experiment of talking about the attack, you know, uh, yeah. dead on and was like, oh, I'm yeah. not going to do that. Yeah. Cause he did, he went into death and murder and that's, that's very, very difficult very difficult um but if people laugh they're right like i i have i'm working on a routine right now which once i got started to do stand-up again i went i'm gonna start talking about this other thing i, I was in a, a a big a mass shooting when i was a boy when i was 16 and i realize now that it it changed my life because ever since that moment because uh, I, I survived obviously um but lots of people didn't and I didn't quite realize until many, many years later how much it affected me as a comedian and as a person. But during the siege, when we, and I do this joke, and I'm getting huge laughs with it. When I was under my desk hiding from the gunman for like 45 minutes with a bunch of other kids, I never stopped making jokes during it. And I, I did this thing, and I realized I've been chasing that laugh my whole life because it's the greatest laugh of all. When you can make people laugh when they're worried about their own actual lives, that's special. Like, and I did this thing where we were under the table and the principal came on to warn, to tell us to calm us down, right? Cause we didn't know what was happening. And the principal was telling us to stay where we were. We didn't know where the gunman was. And, um, but he was weeping, like bawling. And I stuck my head out from under the desk and I yelled to the class, well, he's certainly no Churchill. And I got a big laugh in the middle of a massacre. And so I think to myself, it's good to get a joke about a massacre, but a really good comedian gets one during. And that's what I'm looking for. <laughs> and the audience laughed. It's been 40 years, which is certainly enough time, but I'll never forget it. I'll never forget making people laugh in the middle of something so terrifying. And I think I've been following that. I've been chasing that carrot ever since. And I think a lot of comedians 
have those kinds of moments in their childhood, maybe, that do that. Well, my kind of comic does. Scott, we might we might have to do a sequel to Too Soon because that is we thought 9-11 jokes were too soon, but making jokes during the massacre. <laughs> that 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 if you can get a joke at that point, that is you know what is too soon if you can make a joke during it's a, a massacre. Joke, isn't it? No <laughs> Maybe you youngsters don't quite understand what that means, but you guys you've heard the famous speeches during the Second World War. We will stop them in the yep. beaches, that sort of thing, right? Yeah, <laughs> no, that's that's like a hilarious joke, and it. It's just like an intelligence level I wish I had. Because <laughs> when like these comedians, like when you guys come up with this stuff, it's so funny. And I'm like, how would they think of that? It's so funny. I know, so would like, never come up with that. Well, it's, the, it's a natural response, I think, to a funny person. Like I always say with comedy, it's like, sometimes I think of jokes as violence for physical cowards in a weird way like you know you can be the big hero and that's the greatest thing to be an actual hero but if you can help the hero that's even better or uh, that's all i could do and 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 keeping things light is a i think a really important skill in life i i agree and i do agree that comedy is healing like you did mention so i was just wondering if you could get one message across with your comedy and what would you want to resonate with your audience? And also for Nick, when you're directing and choosing these films that you want to make, what's the message you want to stick with the audience as well? That's a good question. I, I, I It's funny, I thought a lot about it as I worked on this project. This was like a, a five-year labor of love with, uh, between, with that Julie and I did. And so um, I think what I, I kind of found is, I'm just calling it like the three E's, which is I want to make something that entertains people, uh, that enlightens people, um, and is emotionally resonant. Like, like those are the things that I really want to do. I don't know that that's that's at least the bar that I'm trying to to shoot for. You know, right now, comedies. I think we're all aware, and I I know I'm hyper aware because the kids in the hall are being rebooted now. So we're back in the beast of the belly and the belly of the beast, not the beast, not the beast of the belly. <laughs> But it actually, it's a belly of a, it's a beast of a belly. And um, it's very difficult to make comedy now. But there's this whole idea now with uh, the world's gotten very sensitive and everybody's, everybody's an activist now and everybody's fighting for social justice. And those are all wonderful things. But we're trying to, people are some, there's a movement, it seems like, to reform comedy, to give, to inject this, justice into comedy and to give it more, you know, more open and all those things, which I'm all for. But the truth is comedy is social justice, what I believe. Comedy is justice, just justice. Like it doesn't really need to be reformed. Maybe the, the room needs to be opened, expanded, but comedy itself does not need to be reformed. It is itself. It, it doesn't have to be changed. It is already there. It's like gold. You don't change gold. Comedy doesn't have to be kind. Doesn't have to be gentle. Doesn't have to be open or all of those things. It just has to make you laugh. And if you laugh, then it get, there is, it's saying something and you can't, so you don't have to really, you don't really have to reform comedy. And I would just like, 
like another thing that's interesting, you said about, you talked about moving people. And that's interesting because your film moves people, I think in its entirety, but comedy itself generally doesn't. If that makes sense. Like jokes don't really move people, they shouldn't. Um, and your emotions are rarely engaged with comedy. Like you could, I think the cumulative power of the, the film is that all the comedians that are funny, uh, you know, makes it moving. But hopefully each person's bit isn't, I don't think. Because emotions in a weird way get in the way of comedy. I know that's not even the question you asked, but I, I guess what I want, I want to be able to separate the two of them. Emotions get in the way of thinking. Comedy is without emotion. Like sentiment is the absolute enemy of comedy. If you let sentiment in, and right now we're in a moment where there's a lot of sentiment, which is to me like the bastard cousin of pain, really. Like it's, it's a cheap, it's cheap. And um, so I just want to make sure that I would like to have people to say he never got sentimental. That would be a good thing to be remembered by. As a human being, I can be as sentimental and open and warm as I want, but on stage, I'm a monster. <laughs> well, I want to ask you guys, first, I just want to say thank you for leaving in the, um, I think it was Nathan Lane who made the comment about Giuliani. I was hysterically laughing. He's like, when we liked him before he was great, like, and like, whatever, like you feel like politics wise, it was hysterical. So, you know, you don't know what to, to think, I think when you see 9-11, right, in a title, I know, Nick, you had mentioned like some people didn't want to do it. So overall for the group that you got and for the movie, uh, what would you want to tell people in terms of promoting it to watch it? Because it's not, I think, what some people might think it is, if that makes sense. And then Scott, for you, um, not only was your story probably one of the funniest in the entire film. I mean, it's not funny because I felt bad that that happened. It but it was funny. funny. The further you fall, <laughs> the funnier funny. you laugh. That's true. So, um, when I was talking to people about it that had, had seen it, a lot of people went, well, what is Scott up to? I want to follow Scott. That's like the funniest guy I've ever seen. So oh, I want to definitely make sure I add and um, kind of wrap up with those kind of two questions. So Scott, like what you're up to, because people just, I mean, we were hysterical with your story and just Nick, like what I said about kind of the point of the film, because I want to make sure it comes across just how funny it actually is. Yeah, I think like kind of like what you said before, we we really wanted to make something that um, is respectful to the tragedy that happened that day, but that shows how uh, medians help us process those kind of events uh, and those kind of tragedies and how uh, I think like Dino Badala says that it's like a group therapy where he's on stage and the audience is laughing and he, you, um, and so that was kind of, for us, that was a big thing is we, we, and we'd also like to show the history of what happened afterwards. Cause I think for us, that is what is more interesting is, I don't know, like a friend said he watched it with his, his 12 year old and his 12 year old for the first time saw the dots that, oh, 9-11 led to the Iraq war. Like he didn't understand that those were connected. And so uh, for us, the film is is uh, using uh, that attack as kind of 
the beginning of the story, but the story is really about how we as society changed and how comedy changed with it and and kind of led us uh, through the the challenges we faced over the next couple of decades with the with the ramifications of 9/11. So we we tried to not focus too much on the day itself, but really on the healing process uh, that took place afterwards. Um, and that's where the joke, which is, is, it's hard to be like, oh yeah, it's about the healing process. And then there's a lot of jokes. Right, I think you know- part of the healing though, you know, like, like for me, it was so funny. And I love how people waited for Letterman to say his thing. And like, there was like a nice trajectory that I didn't even know existed. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know it because I've never seen it. So you were the first one to show it. And the way you did it was so sensitive, but was so honest. You know, and some of the jokes, even like Godfrey, like saying the stuff, you could have cut that and had someone else in there, but it was telling the truth of exactly what happened in order of how it happened. So it was such a great film. So I just want to yeah. reiterate that to people listening or that see it, let's see this content because it's not what you might think when you hear 9-11, right? You think like this tragic story, but it's, it's, it's bad, obviously what happened, but the aftermath of seeing the comedy club and things like that tell such a great story after the fact. Yeah, I mean, hopefully, I mean, it would be if someone's like, I don't want to watch any 9-11 documentaries, but I would watch this one. I think someone said that on Twitter. They're like, I under, like, someone was like, I'm not going to watch any of these. I hate them. And he's like, I know, I understand. I'm the same way. I watched, I actually watched this one and I think you should too. And I feel like that is is what we would hope is if you, especially we have, you know, people in the film who were first responders or were there that day. And we didn't want to make a film that would give them PTSD or traumatize them anymore. So we really wanted to make something that was, is positive, you know, that shows the positive um, aspects of this in the, and there are a lot of jokes, but there are, like you said, there's great stories like Scott's story that maybe people weren't aware of and, and hopefully they just find out Scott's stories or the, like the producers with Nathan Lane, like their story, like we have a lot of good um, pieces from everyone describing uh, what it was like for them and and hopefully that's something that the people who watch it can relate to oh I, I felt the same way like the world has completely changed and I don't know what I'm going to do anymore that kind of thing I remember the moment it happened I went oh my shows I knew in part of me like oh it's over I'm writing about a world that doesn't exist any longer you just know it instantly like well that's it everything I've made up until now I have to throw out because it's a completely different world COVID's like that you know, if you're any kind of an artist, you have to go, well, that's it. New world. And if you're going to be a person that comments about the world, then you just have to do that. Throw it out. But that, where can, you know, like I said, people were, they just thought your story was so hysterical. So everybody kept asking me. And I was like, I don't know. Like I have, I'm talking to him. I'll ask him. So people want to know like what you're doing. And I know that you mentioned, you know, you're kind of back in comedy and getting yeah something together so what can people look forward to coming from you because they love you and, and let me tell you that story I laughed so hard when I saw that poster <laughs> I, I laughed so hard and then felt so bad at the same time but it was so funny that well, it's, like, oh, true. it's just it's I so look at it and I go I mean come on it's who could who could fucking write that it's ridiculous um so of course it's funny but I'm very right now I think that my career might be on the verge of recovering after 20 years I, I, and I'm afraid to even say anything now because I just go, well, what's next? What's going what's gonna to ruin this comeback? I don't know if it's going to. Like, when Kids in the Hall are back for after 25 years. It's crazy. 
I mean, we've been together all this time. We've toured, we've done lots of things, but sketch comedy, pure sketch comedy, like we did many years ago when we were kids, we're doing it. So we're just at the very end. So Amazon Prime is going to be showing the new Kids in the Hall series in the very early in the new year, which is extremely exciting. Eight episodes, so exciting. eight half-hour half episodes. You know, sketch comedy, monologues, sketch comedy, like. We didn't change anything except this is who we are now. This is what we're doing. And so that's a, a, the most exciting thing. I, I, I can't wait. And they're putting everything on. Like we haven't been, we've been in the wilderness for a long time. All of our, our, our work is going to be there. Like the whole sketch show is going to be dumped, right? Death Comes to Town, our uh, movie, Brain Candy, the documentary, the concert film, all of it instantly. So we'll see how long it lasts. It could be a 24 hour cycle of comeback and cancellation, but. Oh man, it's gonna be Emmys. He'll never talk to us again. <laughs> I mean, I'm already going, what, what am I gonna- I'll be like, Monica Victoria who? Like what? Like, I don't even remember them. So it's funny in a weird way. It's kind of good to kind of go away and kind of be forgotten because then you're like new and fresh again. It's a clean slate. Yeah, clean slate. Like I'm not a tired old Tom Hanks. You know what I mean? <laughs> about my COVID. I'm I'm an old fresh guy. I feel you're an old sexy guy. I do. That's I feel like an say. old sexy guy. You give off the sexy vibe. Well, I feel like that kind like of sexy prospector that you go. God, I, it's a I rebirth, do. isn't it? I do that prospect. Yeah, it's a you rebirth. Something about Scott. Like literally talking to Scott, I just I'm like man, you're like very sexy. Like it just gives off this very sexy well, and like you're feeling well, it because comedy's coming back and you're doing stuff and like, that's great. Huh? You're bringing it out of me. <laughs> I, comedy and sex. Take your neck, don't worry. <laughs> let's be honest. This is what the world needs right now. They need, they need some sex. And they, I agree. They I need, agree. Like, they need like an old. They've been cooped up too long doing nothing. You're I think horny. Like been on it. We're horny, horny, horny. <laughs> and uh, I'm gonna do it. I'm bringing it. I'm bringing it. Bring Go it. for it. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what I'm doing. The kids in the hall and stand up. Because stand up is, I, I'm very excited to be doing that again. So. Yeah. Well, I'm so happy that we got to talk to you. Like I said earlier, and I kind of re keep reiterating it probably, but I have seen every 9-11 thing known to man. I've seen every friggin' photo, video of it. I saw it when it happened. And when your thing came up on Toronto, there were like five other 9-11, and I was like, oh. But then I saw comedy. I'm not like, going to lie. I was a little nervous. Right? And I was like, let me click it. And I clicked it. And I never laughed so hard related to, and like someone, someone came in, they were like, what are you watching? And I was like, a comedy about 9-11. <laughs> and they were like, what? And then also the history, you know, like I didn't know about the comedy club and I didn't know certain things that had happened. So then Nick, you did such a great job of yes, showing it. You. I mean, it was not offensive. It was in such a great way. The jokes were hilarious. Scott, you sharing your story. And like, just how, like Nick said, like some people didn't even want to like participate. So you wanting to participate, tell your story. I did. So hilarious. I just, I just love you guys. And I just want to thank you so much because it was probably one of the best films I saw at Toronto and one of the best, if ever, of 9-11 that I've ever seen. I have to so agree. I, I think guys. it was very tastefully done and you guys did a great job, so. 
Thank you. Yeah, I, a, a friend had watched a Rough Cut last year during lockdown, and he said I was really not in the mood for a 9-11 documentary at the time. He was like, but actually, I'm glad I watched it because it did give me like some relief. I'm like, oh yeah, we've been through terrible times before and we find a way to get out of it and we also find a way to joke about it years later where we're gonna it, at the time it seems impossible but eventually we will I, it ended and it was the first time ever where i was like i feel good like i feel hopeful like i feel happy like it was the first time i ever watched anything by 9 11 where you're not like oh my god i just want to cry and like you know go under my cover i like felt good i was like energized i was happy thank you for joining us we were so happy to meet you yeah. guys Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Thanks for meeting you. Thank you. you. Bye bye.